everyone, and welcome back to Completely Useless Talking. My name's Dylan. I am joined by some random stranger off the street again. Um, I couldn't really find Stephanie. I couldn't find Crockett. I couldn't find Charles Ladd. Uh, so, you know, you put an ad out on Craigslist, and this is what you get. Who are you? Um, I'm a 30-year-old man off of Craigslist. Um, <laughs> I knew it. You lied in that. You lied in your age. Oh, I said I was a twink. I'm sorry. Let me readjust. <laughs> no, are you the twink from uh, uh, Criminal Minds? Matthew Gray Goobler? Yeah. No, he's hot. You've called him a twink multiple times. He's not a twink. You've called him a twink multiple times. He's just skinny. That's different. Ah, you've called him a twink, though. Mm-hmm. You're not denying that. Um, yes, she's back uh, because, you know, when you're at the bottom of the barrel, you gotta, you gotta take what you can get. If because... Only- no one knows your name yet, and this is Nicole. Hi. Or, or whatever, which one you wanted, I don't know. As long as you don't call me Nikki, that makes me sound like I'm... It's 2008, and I'm from <gasps> Earth, Seaside Heights. Nicole. Yeah, I don't... I already know that threat not to call you... Not to call you the name that you should not be named. You are very distracted by a kitten. She's so sweet. What do you mean? She's just laying down doing kitten things. We're just vibing with each other, you know? <laughs> are you seeing the universe together? Yeah. We're slowly blinking at each other. Slowly blinking at each other? Yeah, that's the thing. That's how cats show that they trust you. They slow blink at you. They slow blink instead of yeah. blink? Kitty. And, oh, God. I'm going to have to girl. throw her out, aren't I? In order to get your attention for anything during this, I'm going to have to oh throw her God. out. My attention? Yes, you your attention. You have it. We're talking. No, I don't have your attention because every time we have a conversation, the kitten shows up. You're like, kitten, little kitten girl. She kitten. is. She's a little kitten girl and she deserves to be addressed as such. Okay? Uh-huh. See that or your royal majesty. Yeah, I have no, nothing left. I'm not, I'm not calling her that at all. What I call... My cat, your majesty. No, you call your cat Big Chunky Boy. He is. He's Big Chunky Boy. He's a very large man. Yeah, he's fat. He's not fat, I he's promise. Fat. We take him to the vet. You're my, my. We take him to the vet. He's not fat. Not fat. And my, my sister and I have both gotten independent diagnoses. He's not fat. He's just built like that. You're not like going that. to shame, fat shame my cat. <laughs> he's, he's just round. He's just round? He's honestly not that fat. He's actually perfectly built for his size. He's weirdly muscular. He's a dense little beast. He is dense. I met him for the first time on Sunday. It was weird. I, I know. And he's so long. Like, you picked him up and he oh, just yeah. kept going. I just went... I was, like, pulling, and I was, like, pulling string out of, like, a magician, like, pulling <laughs> that kind trick of out like. of the mouth, and I was just like, oh, keeps going. Yeah, and he was, like, half asleep. <laughs> yeah, he got pulled out of the fucking room, and he was just like, oh, God, oh, yeah. God, you're a human. Meh. Yeah, that, that's pretty much sums up his existence. Meh. I came, I took a nap today. Uh-huh. And I did it in a weird spot, mm-hmm. and he came around the corner, and he just kind of stopped, and he was like, this isn't, this isn't how it goes. This is not what happens. <laughs> what you do, you do not mean you're nap here. here. Mm-hmm. You do not. I nap here. Oh, he naps wherever. He doesn't have a bed. He sleeps wherever he wants. Oh yeah, and then he screams at the top of his lungs when doors are closed because oh, yeah. cats have terrible ideas of. They have no sense of object permanence. They you can play not. peekaboo with a cat for an entire its entire life. Yeah, and it will still not make sense. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing is when it starts raining and he mm. wants 
to go outside, which he's allowed outside on a, on a leash and a harness. I'm not yeah. just letting him loose on the world. And then killing the entire world. Yeah. Well, we don't have bunnies or birds that stay on the ground for very long, but... Or squirrels. If, no, we have a couple squirrels. They're, they don't really wander near me, but we have squirrels. Or Bill. Yeah. Uh, Bill is the neighborhood cat, so I have a neighborhood full of lots of orange cats. So, my favorite orange cat, besides my own, is Nas. Yes, he's named after the rapper. Um, there's Nas, Bill, Charlie, the twins. Uh, one is Crookshanks. I can't remember the other one's name. These are all orange cats, by the way. I don't... I didn't know half of these cats. Well, I mean, you'd have to... It's like a mile-long loop, Like, and I don't see him... I don't see everyone every day. Charlie... Yeah. Has his own screened-in porch that he's allowed out on. Bill, of mm. course, is Bill. Um, Nas lives with a bunch of six-toed polydactyl cats. Huh. Um, uh, Crookshanks and his twin brother are both cockeyed. Weird. So, so, well, they're from the same litter, so they're yeah. not allowed. Together, they have one correct eye. Yeah, they're like the <laughs> they're like the fates from Hercules, where they're like, "It's my <laughs> turn for the eyeball." <laughs> You got a hair on it. (laughs) Oh, we're not supposed to do it unless we predict the future. (laughs) Oh, God. Such iconic characters. And I felt like Hercules was a... It's one of the really, really standout, unique Disney movies to me. It's like Hercules, um, Aristocats. Everybody wants to be a cat. Well... I mean, Aristocats just... I just got DMCA now this episode can't go live. (laughs) Fuck. Well, the Aristocats were super interesting in that you... It It was was kind of an outside story of just like... Not like it was outside their wheelhouse of what they usually do. Yeah. Because it it had more... I think it... Did it come out before or after 101? No, it came out around this... It was kind of that same era because they both have that style. It's the style and it's the storytelling too. Yeah. Because I don't know, but 101 Dalmatians will always stick with me. And I kind of want to go off on Cruella now. Uh, Oh, you should because the... the Okay. Spoiler alert. My turn to go off to Cruella. Okay, I'm sick and goddamn tired of the villain is good. Like... I know in the end she kind of If you haven't like, watched Cruella by now, I don't you're give a about fuck to if you haven't watched be Cruella. blown out of the water. I haven't even watched Cruella in its entirety. But I know the ending where it's like, you're my mother. <gasps> I push you off ledge. <gasps> People have noticed me. <gasps> oh, and the dogs push me off and I die. Grandmother, actually. I thought it was mother. No, mother is killed by Dalmatians at the beginning. Oh, so the woman in the beginning is actually her mother. I thought it was. No, oh, no. no, no so it's adopted no. mother. And then, the, yes, the, the woman. But the old lady's her mom. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was right. Okay, sorry. No, I just didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, so, and then she's like, maybe I'm Cruella. And I'm like, Emma Stone does great. And, like, the characters are well done. It's just I'm very tired of this trope of bad guys are good guys now. That's well, not how shit works. And it was easy to do with Maleficent because we knew so little about her. Yeah. And it was just kind of like a... It was a very easy world to build upon, but the problem was Cruella Deville was so iconic for and who like, she from was. Day one, like she's like this skinny, like fur coated, like stereotypical. I want to say French fashion villain. Yeah, with a long cigarette. I'm like, God damn, that's evil. Yeah, like she just oozes evil, and then she comes in. It's like she makes trash fashion, and I'm like, good for you. Well. 
I will say the live action adaptation with Glenn Close as Cruella. Oh, okay, yeah. Was also really good. Well, yeah, but she, she was embodied the character. Yeah, well. and I mean, but she was completely unhinged. But I, I really like that one quote. She says, "More women are lost to marriage than war and famine combined," or something really <laughs> hilarious. That line's great. But uh, you know, someone probably thought that while they were just like in the bathtub and they immediately got and wrote it down, and they're like, "Oh God." Well, I think some of it was Glenn Close is just an incredible actress. You know all of the Cruella costumes that she, she kept. Yeah, but there you can see him at IU Bloomington. She yeah, donated I knew them. that. Yeah, and all the fur was faux fur. She's she's just. It was a really brilliant, well done, really funny movie. And I think what makes me mad is Disney hasn't been able to do that again. No, and like they have the ability to because they're fucking Disney. Well, and on top of that, it was a really great live action movie, but it didn't try to justify Cruella. No. It was kind of like, yes, she's crazy. Yes, this is what she's about. Here's some, you know, some flesh out to the story. Yeah. But no, this trope of going back and trying to justify villains' actions was not was weird and then they try to make it sound like the henchman and her grew up together and you know found family and i was like no they were henchmen she hired them and they were inept and that's what made it funny yeah you know i don't know like i understand like they're just trying to milk everything and then break and then beat more dead horses than they could ever hope to like breed I in know. Real life but it just saddens me because they do the uh and then it goes to marvel where the tropes and it's just marvel's every cop like movie just copy and paste it with a different character all over again i want the villains to i want the heroes to lose more heroes lose more and they meet and they learn more that's what that's what made infinity war so great and then endgame took a shit on it i i i don't know dude i'm just marveled out i am horribly marveled out the overly cgi lens flare Mm -hmm. dramatic music russo brothers productions i'm just kind of done oh i'm horribly out i explained this to um a co-worker recently over the weekend Mm -hmm. and they know i like movies i'm like oh have you seen black widow i'm like hell no i am done with marvel i just went on a 23 movie epic of like marvel sex and i need a long cigarette i'm talking like French times two, a long cigarette of just not messing with it today. Like, like they can, I, I think it's better for them. And like, yes, look at me, a man who only brings in like eight or seven people on a podcast telling Disney how to do things. (laughs) Um, like, and I believe like they should have taken like five years off movies, like do nothing with those movies. Just focus on making Disney plus shows and then have it build, build the framework of a unit, a phase four and then bust it up. Fuck money. I, and I know, like, again, eight views, yeah. whoa, on an average. I love you all. Thank you very much for listening. This is not a slight on you. This is a slight on me. Um, it's just, oh, boy, they are so annoying. Like, Disney's so annoying with most of their they're crap just right not, now. They're not telling original stories. They're not which, telling original stories. Speaking of original stories, mm-hmm. I opted out of seeing Black Widow in favor of seeing Zola, which did... Have you heard much or seen no, much you, about it? You told me vaguely about it, and I okay. was on a run when I responded to those texts, so oh. I remember nothing about those texts. Okay, so I'm just going to start with how I personally experienced it. So it's 2015. I'm like about, I'm a freshman in college, and my oh, sister. Oh, wait, this is real life? Yeah. What? So my sister sends me this link, and she's like, 
oh my God, this woman is telling this story on Twitter. It's 150 tweets long. You have to read it. This thing is crazy. And it is. It took them six years to make a film? Well, they had to figure out rights. Oh, oh, and, wait. And how do you how do you do rights on a tweet, like a series of tweets? And this was before Twitter threads. So they they spent a lot so of time. So it's tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet yeah. after tweet. So this woman made 150, like, what was the characters back then? Like 200 or something? She made a script in 150 tweets. Well, not a script. It was just An her idea. telling a story. Shit. It was just her telling a story. And I mean, the way she told it. Like the story beats, it's fantastic. She was really great at it. And of course she embellished a little bit. Um, I think most noticeably, I don't think in her story, someone died and that person didn't die in real life. And then that person goes, what the fuck? Well, I don't think he's ever going to come forward because he was up to some very nefarious things. But him in a false mustache goes, I hear this man never died. Oh my gosh. But a lot of the story beats lined up because, you know, the quote unquote villain of the story, they, you know, have his arrest record because he got arrested. So and that matches up too, and the club names and times match up as well. And I'm not even going to try to explain the story because I can't do it justice. But it was this crazy saga of events and it all took place over maybe 72 hours and I was reading it and I was like oh my god and I mean it had Twitter and a death grip I wasn't even on Twitter Mm -hmm. and I'm still not in any meaningful way but like Ava DuVernay was tweeting about it like a bunch of really famous people were talking about it and reading it and it was just hashtag the story it was so big and it was insane that she managed to string together this really coherent, really tight story over 150 tweets. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, this is so nuts. This is so nuts. I cannot believe this happened. And the way she told the story was so great. And she would give little asides if you didn't understand the lingo because she was a stripper. And there's stripper lingo that you just don't encounter. This is all just going over my head right now. Because, yeah. So wait, she's a stripper and then she just tells a story that happened to her? Yes. And the story is she's so strippers will do will take trips to other cities when well, yeah. they've kind of like exhausted yeah. the club circuit in their city. So she meets this girl and this girl's like, "Hey, I'm going down to Tampa to strip. You should come with me." Yeah. And it just So wait, is Zola I'm just asking questions yeah. because I know nothing right now. Um Zola's the woman who did the tweets? Yes. Okay. And so she's also she's the one who experienced this. Like this was her yeah. telling her experience of these 72 hours. So and then the movie is is a recreation of these tweets. Yes. Okay, so it's not just like she's like on the stage talking about it. No, the it, the movie is the tweets unfolded and it's really great. There's some there's some really great fun little imagery things that you get or if she says a line that's verbatim from the tweets you hear a little twitter notification in the background that's really cool or um you'll see you'll you'll get these almost dreamlike sequences Mm -hmm. and she's giving these monologues while you know fully dressed as a stripper and it was it was just a really new way to tell a story and to see it translated into film it was really interesting and it was a really fun movie but the best part were these two middle-aged women sitting next to us Uh so at one point you get more full frontal shots of men 
than really? I, yeah, of I'm, men. yes, I'm telling you, I saw more penis in that little minute or so clip than I've seen in decades. Wow. Wow. What were they doing in the scene? I don't, I mean, I don't know if I could really talk about so it. Went, penis. <laughs> no, no, well, it was right. kind of like, ah, penis. And then I was like, okay, well, it's just one. Oh, is it it's, something bad? Not, not necessarily bad, but it, it, it involves uh, sex work. So. My God. It's like, hey, make that money. Um, yeah, it, it, it was just kind of purposely to shock people. And to well, show. everyone's going to be shocked about sex work because like. Everyone still sees te- sex yeah. as taboo, and then people need to grow the fuck up, honestly. Yeah, but this was under the guy. This was under the umbrella of sex trafficking, so it was like a little uncomfortable. Oh boy! Yeah. yeah. So never mind. I'll shut up. Yeah. I walked into that one and ate my shoes. But between this scene from Zola and then there's a locker room scene in Euphoria, I have seen more penis in the past six months than I really have ever cared to see. Is Euphoria the Zendaya show from yes. HBO? Okay, that show was weird. That it's, show was a trip. But it, it's actually quite good. No, I, it's a great show. I really enjoyed it. It just it made me feel icky for watching it at times. Yeah. And I was just yeah. like, I should change the channel. I can't change the channel. Yeah. The show's good. It it made you feel icky and depressed. It made you feel fucking disgusting. And it made me really glad that I was no longer in high school. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Uh, high school is goddamn. And the soundtrack fuck. was killer. Oh, the soundtrack was great. Like, if it was just like anything else, if like that soundtrack wasn't as good as it was, it would have been horribly more depressing. Oh, but I cried when Zendaya's character relapses. Oh my and god. And it's set to a song for you by mm-hmm. Donny Hathaway, which Donny Hathaway has this incredible, heartbreaking mm-hmm. quality to his voice. And so the fact that it's set over this woman very clearly watching her child descend into addiction and having no idea how to help her, it just broke my heart. And I was like sobbing. Yeah. But um, I want to talk about happier things now. <laughs> We're talking about happier things. Weathering it, weathering with you. I always want to put an it there. There's no it. Weathering with you is a fantastic film, and you need to watch it. Yeah, I will say it's done by the people. And if you need reference um, for the eight people, uh, it's an anime film, and um, they also did your name. They also did your name. So which means about. 15, 10 minutes in, you get the real intro, like, music video to the film, and then you get another one 20 minutes later when the plot, like, goes full go. Yeah, the random music video. Because you need it at the end. Yeah, the random music video moments, I was like... She was... I was I was sure they were coming because that's the way your name was. You know, you you get a bunch of plot. We are switching bodies! And then, like, Rad Wimps comes on, and then you're, like, done. It it was just a it was a lot to handle and even now I rewatch it and every time I'm like oh my god I remember so the first time I watched it I remember like pausing my laptop be like I still have an hour I thought this was ending I was and like have I been duped? to be clear this is not a musical no it's not it's the equivalent of watching you know a a fairly serious film and then getting a musical number in the middle of it. But you don't, it doesn't get serious, serious until like the second act, like the second half of the second act. Yeah. And I was, I kept wondering, I said, where's this PG 13 rating coming in? Guns. Yeah. And then one shit word. Yeah. 
They that Lee Pace says. Oh, that was the other thing. Lee Pace was in that movie, and I kept thinking, I'm just like, this man's voice sounds so familiar. Yeah, and it's Lee Pace. Now Lee Pace has Dilf energy without having children. Oh my God, he's like, humana, 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 right? Humana, humana. That man is attractive as shit, and and, and when you can pull off like blue makeup with like black lines through your makeup, it works well. Oh, see, I really liked him in Pushing Daisies. Oh, I liked him in Bur- um, what was it, the computer show? The um, oh yeah, he did a show for AMC where like he- oh, Halt and Catch Fire. Halt and Catch Fire. I knew. Yeah. it was, like, I was. Oh, because it's, it's, it's the hot. It's the hot redhead. Yeah, girl. Yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. I love how we have two different points of reference. For it, but- <laughs> We're gonna we we made it. We and then that third main character who we just said fucked fuck him off. Yeah. Um, but no, weathering with you is a great uh, story because these people, the people behind this, like the director, the writers, they know how to make uh, like an interesting like worldview story, but then localize it like so very fucking well. Yeah. And like it's just like the you root for the characters, and you don't really know any real answers about any of the characters. Because, like, have, like, the detectives are looking for the kid, and I've forgotten his name, goddammit. Um, and, um, the kid who's, like, making this, for reference of everything, woman, a 15-year-old woman walks through a gate of a Japan that's Are we gonna have raiding. to do the thing where I'm going to have yes, to Yes, you're it. gonna have to correct me on things. Okay. okay, that's why you're here. I'm gonna gush about this movie, and you'll correct me like you did with Akudama Drive. So... Woman, um, it's always raining in Japan right now. No one knows why. Everyone's just like, what? Okay, here, let me explain let, no, it. No, no. <laughs> okay. I'm going on my rant, and then you can go and, like, nitpick my wrongs. Um, and then she's with her mother, who is dying, and she goes, and, like, this beam of light shines down on a rooftop. And she goes, <gasps> and, like, she walks on through, gets to the rooftop. It's a shrine, and as she, like, prays, like, for her mom originally... Like, just to see a sunny day. She walks through, and then she goes... And she goes all the way up to the clouds and just drops. Okay, so... No, the, I'm not done. No, the way you're describing this is so disjointed. I'm it's going, not disjointed! I'm literally talking about the first five minutes of the film! And the way you're describing it is so bad. Okay. Fuck you! Do better! Okay. Put your money where your mouth is, or I'll throw my shoe at you. So... You don't. You get very little information going into yeah. it. You just see a girl. She's holding someone. You don't know the gender of this person. Holding someone's hand. You can tell it's a woman. Holding someone's hand. She's looking out, and it's raining in Japan. We're assuming Japan. They don't it, explicitly state it until later. Oh, you're going through this whole like spiel of like you're doing like the better version of this person's watching the movie for the first time. Yes. I'm not doing that way. Oh my god. What's wrong with my way now? Because people have not watched this movie. You're and not en- you're not encouraging them to see it. You're just like, and then this happens. So she looks out through the window and she's, it's raining. It's dreary. It's clearly been raining for several days. Years. And <laughs> she sees a spot of sunlight and, a, you know, it breaks through the clouds and it shines on top of this dilapidated building. And this dilapidated You don't know building, it's a dilapidated building by that point. <laughs> it's a dilapidated building and on the top she sees a little shrine and she you see her run out of the hospital she's grabbing her umbrella she's like desperately running towards this one patch of sunlight and you get the impression that this is the first patch of sunlight she's seen in a really long time years and she's she runs up the stairs the stairs are creaky the building's gross and she gets to the top and she's 
you see your hand, you see her smack her hands together and she's praying really hard and she prays as she moves through the doorway. It's this very fluid motion. You know, there's never, she doesn't really stop. No, it's just like, she doesn't even really think. She's yeah. Just, oh, a prayer, like a prayer shrine. And the one thing that was really odd and they never really explained is but right by the the doorway, it's like to, a pickle and like something else, like a pickle yeah, it's on like stilts and it's like a little a pickle with toothpicks at the bottom of it. Yeah, it's like a dog and a couple of other like fruits and vegetables. Also I bet on if we like picks. looked in like the internet and like Looper has probably done something we're like well, actually in Japanese history and like well, I'm you will never convince me to read deeply into Japanese history and culture because. You just won't, you know, mm-hmm. I can watch a Japanese film and consume Japanese media and just leave it as that. Some of that, I think, is because I just don't need that much context. That's fair. To enjoy something. But some of it, too, is like. Japan is so proud of being Japan. Japan that I'm like, um, okay. Let's be honest. They lived in an isolated world for like a thousand years or more. No, they straight up just terrorized all of their neighbors and tried to take over several countries and, you know, We're talking wiped about the out of the world. That is literally the definition of every other country in the world. Well, will you let me get into why I have beef with Japan specifically? Is it called. Oh, shit, I forgot. The massacre in China. Is it that? No, uh, specifically the fact that they still have not apologized to the hundreds of comfort women from Korea. Okay. And their solution to that was just be like, <laughs> also the fact that a lot of Japan's government made this really strong push in the 70s and 80s, specifically starting with anime, but like branching out to stuff like Hello Kitty and whatnot to let people think of Japan as cute and like remember and kind of forget the fact that um, Japanese, the Japanese military tried to eat <laughs> George Bush Sr., they try to eat who? <laughs> they try to eat George Bush Senior. What? <laughs> so for a while, it was part of Japanese customs that if you, you know, like the defeated party, they would consume their flesh to like, you know, really signify their defeat. So they were going to eat George Bush Senior. Why George Bush Senior? Because he was a prisoner of war. Oh shit, he was. Yeah. Right. Oh right, the Philippines. Oh right, the things. I'm sorry, okay? It's all. I, it's just so funny to see this all hit you at once and me being like, did you know they tried to eat a U.S. president? A future U.S. president. <laughs> yeah. He was not a U.S. president at the time. Yeah. <laughs> he, and he was a one-term president. For a reason. Um, so, I mean, so is Jimmy Carter. Yeah, but Jimmy Carter builds houses. No, Jimmy Carter was just... Jimmy Carter unremarkable as a, a president. Yeah, I know. He he had like the Iran thing where yeah. like they stormed our they stormed <laughs> the US embassy and then like it was just like that was it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, he dealt with that and the Cold War was still going on, so he's probably f- helping out some revolutionary people somewhere in Africa. Yeah, I don't I don't know really um if you can give give Jimmy Carter credit for months much because he had such a kind of uneventful um he was term. very just chill yeah he, he just went they uh, made him give up his peanut farm yeah they did wait what so the peanut farm so jimmy carter had a peanut farm uh-huh. um that he he didn't make much profits on it and most of that 
immediately went back to other needs because it was a farm and it was um yeah so as part of the deal as part of becoming president means you have to give, give up your financial yeah. holdings your businesses yeah. and all that so he had to give up the peanut farm uh, I know, uh, and in light of recent people, yeah, Trump, it feels a little smack in the face. Yeah, that Jimmy Carter had to give up his like piddling little peanut farm mm. that wasn't making more than like a couple grand a year. Yeah, and then and, you have multi-billion, failing billion, and Grady billion. Just go. Yeah, no. Er- my son Donald Jr. runs the books. Wink. <laughs> no. Okay. I know I say this every time, but how does a man who exclusively fucks models produce so many ugly children? Dude, have you seen how tall Baron is? No. Baron's like 6'5". I which, mean... Which makes me think one thing. That ain't his kid. No, Donald Trump is like over six feet, and if he didn't have weird posture and like a Look really like strange... like a centaur. And have a really strange diet, it would make sense. You have to understand that he's from... He's a boomer, technically. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so his generation was one of was not the was uh, shorter than the generation that came after that. So Gen X yeah. is the first generation that um, would start producing kids that would reach their full high potential. So there's, it's very possible that Donald Trump genetically was set up to be like 6'5", 6'6", and just due to weird 1950s food trends, didn't make it. Nukes. Um, I was thinking uranium uh, serving where. Yeah, yeah. uranium. That was what I was going for. I'm like, nuclear power. Yes, go on. Well, I mean, that was the whole, like, that was a trend. Like, that's why you got, like, atomic burgers and, you know, everything had stars. Made with .0001 uranium. Pretty much. And you, you can- just see a McDonald's worker, like, in the back in a hazmat suit going, boop, boop. And uranium glass, even now, is still phosphorescent. <laughs> you know, 50, yeah. 60, 70 years down the road, which is so, so disturbing. But... We woke up an angry god when we messed with nuclear power, and oh my god, <laughs> Chernobyl, boy. I feel like that one's just gonna, like, one day an earthquake's gonna shatter that dome, and we'll be like, we're not gonna live. <laughs> well, there are a lot of disasters um, headed headed our way but well yeah nature's gonna be like hey hey i'm fucking tired of you well there's another plague down the line well it's called the delta variant not even that so we got off easy in the sense that covid is the mortality rate is kind of low Mm -hmm. but do you remember contagion Oh my god, yeah. Like that it, it, we start out like that. Like Well, the point was in contagion the mortality rate was 30%. Yeah. And That's like bubonic plague levels. Yeah. The the plague wiped out one third of Europe's population. Yes. Um but it's it's very possible that there's going to be something down the pipeline that has a much higher mortality rate period yeah like not even there's nothing you can do about it it, it is just much more likely to kill you mm-hmm. no matter how healthy you are and yeah. we just need to kind of let that sit because that's what so history lesson time so history nerd hat on 
Um, so the first generation of people to be born in Australia. Oh, are we talking about how the measles thing and all yeah. that? Yeah. So the first pe- generation of people to be born in Australia were de- called cornstalks, kind of as a derogatory term, because they were so much healthier and bigger than their European counterparts. You know, their parents were malnourished growing up, so probably had stunted growth or whatever. And their children, as a result, being born on Australian soil and having access to so much more food so consistently were huge. But they still had the advantage of being born to parents who survived who knows how many outbreaks along with like having terrible sewage systems mm-hmm. and probably, you know, being exposed to Giardia like five times a year. Probably. Uh, and those people went on to have children mm-hmm. and they spent most of that time fairly isolated as Australia was. And as a result, when measles hit in the thirties, yeah, it can, it took out like 80% of all measles deaths were under the age of 15. Yeah. We talked about this and like how it's just, it kills a generation. I feel like that. Yeah. And it's coming. Like, But the point was the same, re- the same way Australia right now is relying on that isolation. And now they're fucked right now. Yeah. They're getting fucked. Yeah. But my point is we, America was kind of smug because we vaccinated so many people so early and the, ex- the, the mortality rate was so low that it didn't, you know, really kill off a bunch of people but there's a very but real possibility killed, we're still the third in the world yeah for people dead we can't beat brazil because goddamn brazil well um, not even that there's that many like killing off that much of the population will legitimately cripple the economy i know and not in the way that people are like oh well there are so many jobs right now that are being unfilled i wonder why people don't want to work first of all those people are dead the reality is those service workers, that's those service industry jobs were the first people that were going to be exposed, the people less likely to have insurance Hi. Hi. and the people most likely to not have a social system in place to uh, help with that recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, they're isolated. They're on their own. They're likely being depended on by other people. Those people are dead. They're not coming back. And nope. they're not coming back into the workforce. Nope. So moving forward, we got to figure something out. And we got to figure something out fast. Because not well, to be then, doomsday prepper about it. But no, there's definitely. a very real possibility that the next disease that's coming down the pipeline. And it's not going to be 40 or 50 years. It's about 10 to 15. Probably. 100%. Um. Because SARS and H1N1 were in, like, the mid-2000s. Yeah. And I, I'm just, from, as, as a scientist, I'm worried. As a human being, it's... Fucking terrifying. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm terrified. Oh, yeah, no. Um, speaking from personal experience of a man who has served in the food service industry during a pandemic, yeah, if I see another one coming along the way, fuck all y'all. I don't care. About that. I don't care about anything. I'm leaving. If I'm still in food service, God, I hope not. Um, I'm leaving because I've never seen more rude ass motherfuckers, more selfish motherfuckers, 
And do you want to know why there's gray in my hair? It's the stress of dealing that for a year. Oh, yeah. For a goddamn It's kind year. of attractive, you going gray. I don't care if it's attractive. <laughs> I'm on an angry rant right now. <laughs> Listen, it's stupid. If you get mad at us for fi- for following, and I've been saying this ever since I started this stupid podcast. I love this podcast, and it's great, and it helps me. But it's just, oh, my God, I hate people. And it's not everyone. There are good people. It's just the 10 voices are drowned out by that one angry man screaming in my face. And and for the love of God, just companies, take better care of your people. I have never seen... I, I, this is the first time I'm living through a pandemic. I have seen companies that say, oh yeah, we're, again, it's probably legal and crap that they couldn't tell us names, but they didn't shut down. They just kept going and going and going and going. This is not how it works. You want to make sure people don't die? Shut down for a week. For the love of God, you were shut down for two months. You can take a week off. Well, on top of that, I think they're realizing that a lot of people like working from home and aren't going to come back into the office and would rather quit. My parents are like that. They don't yeah. care. Yeah. They're like, like they like, well, one people are valuing self-worth. Now I know a guy from my game nights who worked for Buffalo wild wings for like a month, but then they screwed him over and he said, screw you. And I'm like, damn right. What? It's Buffalo wild wings. They fucking suck Two, They go treat you like shit. Treat them like shit. Well, I think we kind of have to own up to the fact that the we, system is broken. <laughs> well, not even that. It's tangible. I think for so long, people were kind of convinced that they were the only ones going through this problem. But the problem being just because I lost track. Uh, the problem being, you know, companies were kind of exploiting their time on any available level. Yeah. Because when you're in the office, you can't. People are over your shoulder. Yeah. That's not a spreadsheet. Well, in short of installing something to track your idle time, Mm -hmm. they, you are just a lot more flexible and there's really no reason to keep, well, there's no reason to keep middle management around. No. And there's really no reason to adhere to a 40 hour workday, which is the other thing. Uh, not work day, work week. So people are working less, producing more, and are generally happier with how they do it. And you look at the people, like, and you see all the studies that come out where it's like a three day work, uh, like a four day work week, and with followed by a three day weekend, makes people productivity skyrocket. Yeah, it's fantastic. God, why are you on the show? You're making it sound so smart. <laughs> and then one of the other things we had to think about is a lot of the reason these companies are forcing people to go back to work is because they have a lot of commercial real estate. They do. And then they yeah. wonder why they even own, open a building in the first place. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's just... Yeah. There's it, a lot of layers to it. And There's a lot of layers, and it showed that a lot of these layers are Swiss fucking cheese. Yeah. Well, and it showed just how much people take advantage of people. Yeah. Anyway, this got really dark. (laughs) It did, man. I got depressed like 10 minutes ago. Oh, my god! And that was like during the whole talk about like um, uh, uh, probably dying of pandemic or plague or whatever. Bubonic. Um, Happier note, your bandana looks nice. Thank you. It looks really cute. It looks well on you. My Um, aunt made it for me. 
Damn, she's fantastic. She she she's made like twenty or something. My mom wears them, and my sister and I wear them. They're really. If I put in a special order. Can she make one with my tattoo on it? Oh my god, the fabric comes from like Michaels, so you would have to find someone to print the fabric, which you know actually might be pretty doable. Yeah, if I just PNG it and then just go. Whoa! You're saying words I have no idea. I know. Now welcome to my world. Yeah, you were saying sciencey stuff, and I got like three fourths of it. And I dropped the other fourth. <laughs> That's why I had to ask questions. I didn't do well in science. Uh, physics. I did well in physics. Chemistry. <laughs> Biology. <laughs> Chemistry is hard. Chemistry is hard. And on that note, I feel like that's a good place to end because god damn, we were depressing. Oh god, we made so many happy episodes. Oh, we deserve we deserve a sad one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think. I don't know. I, I, I didn't make an episode last week, so this is, this is a culmination of it all. Thank you all very much for listening. I have been Dylan, this person over here, the scientist. That's your new title. I'm using it now. Come out to meet you. Tell you I'm sorry. Oh, well, now I'm doomed. Nope, I'm officially DMC'd. No, no music related anything. No copyright. It's The Scientist by by Coldplay. I don't care. Coldplay's a vicious bastard and they'll come after my ass. Oh, Lord. Um, But either way, redoing this. Eric McBenn, thank you for the intro music. Uh, listen to Ben Pitcher podcast because we're because Ross and my friends try to do it. I don't know, man. I'm just trying to help. And um, I'm Dylan, and this is completely useless talking. Thank you for listening. Thanks.